For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Hour number two of the program as we are broadcasting live from New Bakery in Fall River. Like if I'm going to make a recommendation, though, you got to go with that eggs Benedict chicken and waffles. Man, what a delicious meal! And again, as I mentioned, they have other versions of chicken and waffles too. But when I heard Chris mention that, when I said, "Oh, well, I've got to try that," uh, I'm a big eggs Benedict fan, and I always like the fact that you could have creativity with the dish. So it doesn't have to just be, you know, the straight Canadian bacon English muffin egg like you can put it in a lot of variety a lot of variety into it and certainly adding it to chicken and waffles does that so come on down that's one of the many things you can try and again we're going to have a seize the deal opportunity for you at noon to get twenty dollars to duke's bakery for just ten dollars that'll be at seize the deal.com and uh, we also have the phones i believe we got the phones running up and down now um and all right so i knew this was going to come i knew this was going to come Miss P in New Bedford says, I'm a Trump supporter and heard your comment. I am disappointed with your constant crack at those of us who practiced our vote for another candidate. I, I vote, I pay my taxes, I volunteer in your community and totally disgust it with this behavior of yours. Maybe it's your thing offending people simply because you were sitting behind a mic and not facing the people you proudly attack. Uh, Miss P, you must be new to the program because I just get attacked all day long. Sorry if I say something back that offends you. But I'm not going to sit here and take it from people giving it to me all day and not give it back. And, uh, and I said that solely because I knew I would get somebody that would write back and make a comment like that. When you think about it, the comment didn't make any sense, right? It didn't make any sense because who's going to read those books about Trump? All the books that have been about Trump that have come out have been negative books about Trump. They've all been negative books about Trump. If you find them in the dumpster, shouldn't you be happy that they're in the dumpster? When those books come out, you're the first people that go out and say, well, you know, Mary Trump, his niece, doesn't know anything about him. How could she write that? Oh, oh, John Bolton, how could he know anything? He only worked in the White House. You want to dismiss every one of those books as soon as they come out? You should be happy they're in the dumpster. So, yeah. I knew it was going to happen. I can sit here and get crapped on all day, and you're going to crap on all the LGBTQ plus people in the comments here in the app chat. You're going to crap on anybody that disagrees with you and feels differently about you. But the minute somebody attacks what you believe, oh, my God, what a vile person you are. You should get off the radio. I hate to tell you this. I really do hate to tell you this. Because I, I, I don't want you to think differently about the rest of the day here on WBSM. 
But there's like no rule that talk radio can only be pro-conservative and pro-Trump. You're going to hear some things that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. And I tell you all the time, if it makes you that uncomfortable, if it makes you that upset, just turn it off. Turn it off. Come back when Barry's on. Then you can call Barry and complain about me. Barry's really good about, you know, not wanting to let you tee off on somebody who isn't there to defend themselves. But, you know, you, 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 can, you can commiserate with them. And in, and in fact, you know what? I give you permission. Barry, if they want to call in and complain about me, let them do it. Because for too long, people who felt differently than the people that were on the station and called into the station felt like they had no voice on the station. And now they do. And now all the things that you say about other people are going to get said back to you and just toughen up and deal with it, right? Isn't that what Barry was saying yesterday when, uh, when Bella Doyle had complained about the fact that a teacher uh, you know, asked her about her quinceanero when she didn't have one and that kids called her Dora the Explorer? Barry's, Barry's rationale was just toughen up, kid. There's going to be worse things that happen to you in your life. Toughen up. Okay, well, listen, Miss P in New Bedford and anybody else who got offended by me saying Trump supporters probably can't read – Toughen up, right? If that's the worst thing anybody's ever said to you, then you're living a pretty good life, right? Come on. Kinger in Fairhaven. Sorry, Timmy Snowflake. Uh, yeah, I'm not the one typing in a bunch of messages to somebody anonymously under a screen name because I can't take somebody not agreeing with my viewpoint and calling me a name. So 508-996-0500. For those of you who uh, want to call in and want to discuss... Um, Hold on. Chris, Chris, I got to ask you, what, what, are we, what are we looking at here? Chocolate chip pancakes. Chocolate chip pancakes, sausage, bacon. Oh, my God. It looks – I got to take a photo of this. All right, but I will be diving into that in the next break. Right now, let's go to the phones. Uh, good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. What's going on, Tim? How are you doing? All right. You can hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Problem solved. Great. All right. What's on your mind? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just have to. I'm going to take your side, obviously, on this. A lot of people tend to get their their feelings hurt. The same people who call other people snowflakes and soft, and the minute you punch back, they cry. And that's basically how a bully operates. Bully will, uh, you know, keep punching you, keep punching you until you fight back. Then they cry and and, and run away. That's 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 how bullies are. That's how Trump is. And that's how his supporters are, and, and a lot of people who are attacking you for, you know, punching back a little bit, they're, they're not going to like that, and, and they're going to cry, and they're going to, you know, melt away like a snowflake. And I, and I just want to let you know that you're you're completely within your rights to to defend yourself and defend your opinions, even though you're the host. You know, if you listen to conservative talkers all over the United States and in Massachusetts and even on on your station you consistently hear conservatives will always attack. And the minute somebody of your opinion attacks back, they don't like it. They just want everybody to be quiet unless it's their opinion that's being championed. They think it's hilarious every day when Howie plays all the cuts of every time Joe Biden misspoke or, you know, they want to call him Brandon or Dementia Joe or whatever. But, you know, you say something about Donald Trump that isn't just calling him by Donald Trump and, and, and forget it. You know, you're the worst person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very hypocritical by people that are that are part of the tribalism politics. You know, that's both on the left and the right. You know, you, you can't speak ill of Joe Biden if you're on the, the left. And you can't mm -hmm. speak ill of, of Donald Trump if you're on the far right. 
And tribalism in politics is probably the, the worst thing that's going. That's why Congress is, is such a, a, a sewer. It's because it's, it's all about power grabs, and it's not really about solving problems of, of America. I mean, look at, basically, look at what's happening in Ohio. You know, everybody's pointing to FEMA in, in, in regards to the, the train derailment. They're, they're pointing to FEMA and Joe Biden and, and Pete Buttigieg. They're not pointing fingers. The conservatives are not pointing fingers at the real problem, which is the corporation who, who caused the problem in the first place by neglect and, and low maintenance. Right. No, it's, no, it's Joe Biden's fault because he likes to ride trains. What's like, that? I, I, I just I said they'll tell you it's Joe Biden's fault. He likes to ride on a train. So right. it's his fault. Yeah. Everything's his I, fault. Everything's his fault. You know, they're, they're never going to. If you listen to actual conservatives and read the, what they write and listen to what they say, they have not gone after the, the company, which is Norfolk Southern, who makes $4 billion in cash flow a year. They're not blaming them for this accident. They're pointing the finger at Joe Biden because they're corporate lemmings. That's basically what, what it all comes down to. They just need to defend the corporation because for some reason they think they're all going to be billionaires someday and they, they need to protect their interests and their friends. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, thank you for the call and uh, call right, back then. anytime. Have a good Take day. Care. And uh, Kinger in Fairhaven says, talk more about food. You know I will, Kinger. Uh, I definitely will, especially looking at chocolate chip pancakes like these. I can't wait to get them up on Instagram and Facebook for you to take a look at. Uh, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. And, and listen, I think we all kind of understand that when – when there's a breakdown in communication like this, when when there is attacks going both ways, and I've tried, listen, I've been doing this show now for a year this week, and I have tried. I've tried to stay restrained as much as I can because I don't want to be a partisan moderator. I don't want to be somebody who's coming on here and, and pushing only one side of things. I want to foster discussions. But when I try to foster discussions and what ends up happening is people don't want to hear the side that I'm presenting – well, then I'm, I've got no choice. I've got to fight back, right? I can't just sit here and let you bully me and say, oh, you know, this uh, anonymous app chatter is right. I should just quit my job. I'm terrible at it. Because I, I hate to break it to you. I'm, I'm kind of good at my job. I, I kind of, like, you know, enjoy it. And, and people enjoy what I do. Just because you don't, you know, that's it's not going to be for everybody, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but the the discussion... You know, I want it to be open and I want people to hear both sides. But, you know, just, you know, since I'm in Fall River, I'll bring up Fall River. I tried to have a conversation about the fact that neo-Nazis were showing up outside the library and all anybody could concentrate on is the fact that there was a drag queen inside the library. A drag queen who had permission to be at the library, who had been contacted and brought in by a community group to do so, who had gone through a quarry check, uh, who was not there trying to... Uh, seduce children or trying to uh, groom children or any of these accusations, but what do you have on the outside? Neo-Nazis who absolutely are there to intimidate. But all anybody could talk about for two or three days was the drag queen. Nobody wanted to talk about the Nazis except for the guy that called in and said, well, I guess I'm agreeing with Nazis this time. So that's the, that's the point of the ridiculousness that we've gotten to about things, is that you are now calling into a radio program and saying, I, I agree with Nazis. So we can, we can go forward 
and we can try and listen. And if you don't want to hear the other side, you don't have to listen to it. I'm not forcing you the same way nobody's forcing a student at Old Rochester to go pick up the book Gender Queer off the shelf. I'm not forcing you to listen to it, but I'm presenting it there if you want to hear it. But you don't, some of you, you just want to attack. You just want to tell me to get off the radio because that's not what WBSM's all about. Um, I'm in the meetings. I'm the one that's been here for 20 years, believe it or not. Been involved with the station for 20 years. And I know the people that were here before that. So I think I have a pretty good idea of what WBSM is all about. And it's been about fostering good community discussion for 75 plus years now. And if, if that bothers you, it's okay. You don't have to listen. But you also, you know, it's, it's, it's not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure either. Just turn off the radio and don't come back and come back at noon when Barry comes on and listen then. That's fine. But there are a lot of people who every time I go out somewhere, they come up to me and say thank you to me for doing this show and for having different viewpoints and for bringing up different things and for sometimes keeping it light. By the way, shout out to Ron. You know who you are. Your wife was speaking with me at the bowling alley last night. We still haven't bowled each other yet, but eventually we'll have to. But yes, again, we were right next to each other. Uh, so 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. In a few moments, we're going to be joined by uh, New Bedford City Councilor New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and City Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. And we're going to be talking with them about a number of things. But I just got some information from Holly Huntoon, the spokesperson for the mayor's office, that uh, the mayor filed some changes to the Unit C employee salaries. So, I'm again, I'm remote today, uh, so I don't have the same access that I do, but let me see if I can bring it up here on my phone. Uh, this comes from him, and it's to Council President Morad and the members of the Council. Enclosed, please find a proposed ordinance which amends the Unit C schedule set forth in Chapter 9, I won't give you all the ordinance code, by changing the step placement requirements. This measure would repeal the so-called Carney Amendment to the Reclassification Ordinance recently passed by the City Council. After careful consideration, I believe the new longevity benefits established by the Council are excessive and unnecessary given the longevity benefits which were already in place for Unit C employees prior to the Council's passage of the ordinance. And so uh, they sent along all of the information. We will try and get that, and I will, if Phil Devitt doesn't have it already, I will send it to him and see if he can get a story up at WBSM.com and on the app with more information. Um, but again, I'm just reading to you what I can off my phone right now. Uh, but he is also asking for them to repeal the so-called 10% pay penalty for non-resident Unit C employees. Of course, he, he talked with us about how he was going to do that. We knew that was part of it. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any particular numbers in these emails that I can pass along to you as I am checking them out. Because uh, if you remember, some of those pay, pay, some of those salary reclassifications had put the salary up you know, as much as 53% in some cases, the city council voted to cap it at 25%, uh, but the mayor feels that that is still too much. So uh, let's see if, uh, see. Now I can only get so much of it right now, but I will uh, certainly dive more into this and we will get more information to you on it uh, as we go along. 
508-996-0500. I can probably squeeze in a call or two before I have to take the break. Uh, yeah, sorry, I can only... The, because it's the actual ordinances themselves and because I'm looking on my phone, I can only zoom in so much. So uh, I will try and get you more of that information as we go along. Uh, let's see. And Kinger in Fairhaven says it's Biden's fault with the trains who are forced back to work by the administration. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, many people were forced back to go to work before they felt like they were ready, but you put safety measures in place anyway. It, it, there's no excuse for it on on no matter who you want to blame. There's no excuse for not having the, the proper oversight. Uh, let's see. Uh, this comes from DSY in New Bedford. Most of these idiots that listen here are Trump lovers. I'm not going to call everybody idiots, but, you know, our Trump lovers take that. Um, he's mentioning uh, particular callers. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, yeah. I read and acknowledged, but um, I am going to say that I'm not going to. It's an attack on both a caller and Barry, and I'm not going to read that on the air. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, also, too, by the way, Barry will have more for you today on the Shamit Diner situation. The article that he wrote yesterday caused a stir, uh, and, and it caused a lot of conversation on the air about Phil saying, if they're not going to use the diner, give it back to us, the Shamit Diner, the sheriff's office. If they're not going to be able to put that program into place, give it back to us so that we can find somebody else that would take advantage of it and uh, again people are trying to look at this as it is a hodgson Harrow issue that this is that because because phil's friends with sheriff hodgson he gave him the diner and then now that sheriff hodgson isn't there anymore he wants sheriff Harrow to give it back and that's not the case at all what's happening here is as sheriff Harrow is looking at the assets that the sheriff's department has and deciding what they need to focus on and focus resources on one of the things that he's thinking of, and it's not for sure yet, but one of the things he's thinking of is getting rid of the diner because the Commonwealth hasn't given them the program to put it in, uh, given them the funds to put the program in place to start training the inmates, utilizing it. So it's a funding issue. It's not a matter of, I'm sure Sheriff Harrow would love to have um, a program like that. He just doesn't want to take the budget that they have and dedicate that to it, and they're not getting the appropriation for it from the state government. So in his mind, if it's just going to sit there, why not give it to somebody that can use it? So that's why he's looking to, to, to get rid of it. Now, Cliff Ponty has offered to, to purchase it, but da uh, there was a very interesting call to Barry yesterday. I didn't get to hear it, but I read about it in Barry's piece that Dave Vermette, local businessman, has offered up $25,000 to start that program off, and he's encouraging other business owners in the area to donate as well. That could make a big difference. That could give them the money they need to get it going, and then that could prove to legislators that it's worth appropriating some money or to the Department of Correction to say to them, like, this is worth working into our budget. So that's a new twist in it, and you can read all about it at WBSM.com and on the app, and I'm sure Barry will be discussing it more this afternoon. Right now, i got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Naomi Carney. We'll be right back. He's a rock star. We are broadcasting live from Duke's Bakery in Fall River. Come on down and have some breakfast with us. Have some of these delicious chocolate chip pancakes. Gluten-free and so light and fluffy. Normally, pancakes just feel too heavy to me. These are 
very light and fluffy, and I know I could eat these and not have them be sitting in my stomach all day, and I think it's probably the gluten that does that, right? So come on down and have some gluten-free pancakes with me and a whole bunch more. But right now, we're going to be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Naomi Carney. Uh, good morning. How are you both? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sam. Okay? How are you today? I'm and doing Tim, all right. Where, where, I'm, do, where do Councillor Connie and I meet up with you so that I understand you're bringing us back a whole array of pastries and goodies? <laughs> well, you tell me where you'll be, and I can bring you something, because everything here, you, you, you'll, like, you'll like everything, I promise. Yeah, I'm sure. I've been there. I've been there before. <laughs> so I haven't been there, got... but I've been a lot of bakeries in Fall River, and they're all amazing. <laughs> See, see, you, you can't. There is bipartisanship here in terms of cities. You can go to other cities and and still enjoy their businesses as well, too. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. I, I want to ask you. Speaking of businesses, I want to ask you both, uh, and I'll start with you, Council President Morad. Jack Spillane had an article this week in which he looked at the, and we're going to talk about some of the the work that you do with these neighborhood meetings. But he wrote a piece uh, where he looked at the the plan to go to different businesses with the councilors and to have these kind of informal get-togethers with folks. And uh, and he was putting forth the question about whether or not that would be an open meeting law violation. I just want to ask you, because I'm sure this is something that was looked into both with the council and Attorney Garatowski, to, to determine if there would be any issues with the way these are being handled. So, Tim, um, you know, it must have been a slow news day for Jack, um, or he must be getting old, one of the two. But... We've been doing this now for several years. Um, you know, we obviously did not do it during the pandemic years. So for 18 months or so, we put a pause on this. But we've been visiting uh, local restaurants in our community a lot. And we, what we've always done and what we'll continue to do is we always post uh, via the city's website where we're going to be, what time we're going to be there. Um, Oftentimes in the past, there, all of us have been together. All of us were together in January at Katali Mar when we did this. Um, and oftentimes in the past, we've been um, a quorum or less than a quorum. There's no command performance here. Everybody knows the date. Everybody knows the location. And people decide if they can make it and if like to go. And frankly, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that Jack thinks that, you know, 10 or 11 adults who understand what the laws are in the city of New Bedford can't get together and have dinner and enjoy each other's company without violating open meeting law. And, you know, as I said, we've been doing this. We're trying to promote the various businesses in our city um, the way we've done it in the past, and we're doing it again this year. We alternate an at-large counselor gets to pick a restaurant or a ward counselor gets to pick a restaurant in their ward, and they coordinate with the business owner. They set the reservation, and we show up and enjoy. And we've always had positive interaction, not only with the restaurant owner, but uh, people are happy to see us out and about, and we've enjoyed each other. And we're going to continue to do it, whether you know Jack Spillane thinks it's a violation or not. We obviously have talked to our legal counsel, and we're making the appropriate postings. And, um, you know, I, I just I just don't understand what the hoopla is about this. In addition to that, Tim, and I'll, and I'll just say this, we're often invited to events. Like, we were mm -hmm. invited to the um, installation of officers for the uh, Madeira Feast group back in January. Um, we've been invited to, we're invited to the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's Gala in March. Oftentimes we go, and oftentimes there's more than a quorum there. 
which this is how politics has been for years. I just don't understand what Jack's issue is, and I don't know what Councilor Carney wants to add to that. But I know while I've been on the council, Councilor Carney has been one of the councilors who's actively participated. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, everybody looks at the council on the council floor, sometimes going at each other, but that's the council floor. What people fail to realize is that we do get along, we are friends, and we like to keep our friendship going and our camaraderie going. So breaking bread and having some dinner, talking about our dogs, talking about our, our parents, talking about vacations that we've been on, we're just getting to know each other a little bit more, and we enjoy each other. We laugh, there's jokes, whatever. And my whole thing, too, is we're promoting, we like to post. We like to promote the local businesses. And this is one way of doing that, by going from business to business throughout the city of New Bedford. And, and like my colleague said, we started that a long time ago, a long time ago. And then COVID hit, and then it, and it ceased. But it's been a great thing, and I and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy once a month hanging without doing business. It's nice to be together and not talk business, which is fabulous. And that's what that's what intends to do. And Tim, I, I, was want, say. I want to be sure. Jack didn't tell you that he sent a reporter to Cafe Nemo uh, to watch us uh, last month. He didn't tell you that earlier this month, actually. And you know the, that person sat at the bar and kept his eye on us the whole night. And, I, you know, I frankly don't care if you want to do that. And, frankly, you can sit at the next table if you want. There are sophisticated listening devices that you can buy. And you can sit at the next table and you can listen to our conversation. We've got nothing to hide, nor are we breaking any uh, rules or regulations. And the only other thing I'll say, unless you have another question, is, um, you know, Jack said, well, what if someone comes up and asks? them something. I'm not going to tell you that that hasn't happened. It happens on a regular basis whenever we're out singularly or together. And when that did happen once, and I believe we were at Ma Raffles, I believe Council Lopes had hosted that, and I believe that's where we were, and the person came up. You know, at that point, Council Lopes handed the person his business card and said, you know, we're, we're out to dinner here. Um, you know, we're not talking about city business. Uh, please give me a call and be happy to help you. And, you know, that's the way it should be handled. Yep. No. I, well, and, and, you know, and, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, like, so, I would, you know, you know like Councilor... Like Councilor Carney said, I would assume when you're out there, you know, the last thing that you want to talk about is business because there's plenty of time to do that. And instead, you know, this is a time that you, as you're saying, want to enjoy each other's company. So, Council President Moore, I just ask, you would, if somebody did come up and, and ask a question or if a councilor brought up city business, you would kind of put a kibosh on that on that quickly? Right, right away. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the rules. I, I know my colleagues do as well. Uh, it's just... As I said, you know, I've been out to dinner with my family and somebody comes up to ask a question. Sometimes that's going to happen, but there's a way to handle that without an issue. And and as I said, it did happen one time when we were down at Mar Rapids and it was handled appropriately. So, um, and you know, Tim, we've been to, see if I can remember, we've been to Brigham Pizza, we've been to Mar Rapids, we've been to Me and Ed's, uh, we've been to Mikey B's, we've been to Cafe Roma, we've been to Catali Mar. Um, I know we've been to Knuckleheads. I'm trying to think of a couple others. That table 8. We yeah, were at Table, table eight. 8. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been across the city. We've been doing this for a while. But anyway, that's my take on it. And um, I guess everybody has an opinion, and Jack's is different than ours. 
Yeah, I guess well, I, I, I guess with that with, with that important that we have a paparazzi. So I I said, oh kid, now we get a paparazzi that follows us. <laughs> I, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of on it because I only thought the rich and famous and the wealthy and the king and the queens had paparazzis, but now we've got one. Well, you know, we're we're willing to pay for those photos if they're taking them, but you know, we just don't pay nearly as well as TMZ does. Uh, so, I, I want to ask you quickly too about something else. I'm I'm sure you probably haven't had a chance yet, Council President Morai, to really even get into this uh, all that much yet. Uh, but on February 16th, uh, Mayor Mitchell sent communication to you and the members of the council uh, with a proposed ordinance to amend the Unit C schedule. Is this something that you can see coming up on on some agendas coming forward? So, Tim, I think it's very interesting that um, his press person, Ms. Huntoon, sent that to you. Do you normally get uh, copies of the mayor's papers the day after he files them? Uh, sometimes. It's, it, this, is, this is not a, a unique situation. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad to know that because I was wondering whether, you know, there was some kind of um, hidden agenda here. But uh, he, he submits the uh, administration submits mayor's papers to the council by the end of the day on Thursday prior to the council meeting. I understand that there are several uh, papers that have been submitted for the council's consideration next week. I would not believe that my colleagues have had a chance to review any of them, nor have I. And uh, they will be on the council agenda next week, and the council will either deliberate the request or send the item to committee or uh, take whatever appropriate action they feel necessary. But I believe there are several of them. There is um, a request to remove the residency, and we probably don't have enough time to talk about that today, but uh, in a future uh, conversation, we should absolutely talk about the council's position. I've heard the uh, mayor on your program uh, giving his opinion, and I don't think we've had a counter to that. Uh, to let your listeners understand why that's in place. I understand there's a request to uh, reverse 22 or 23 of the pay increases, uh, grade increases, I'm sorry, that were recommended by the council, but none of the grade increases that were recommended by the administration. And also I believe there's a request in there as well to uh, encumber future council to automatically have a study done and automatically adjust the salary increases of the Unit C employees. And lastly, I believe there's a request to um, allow the administration to negotiate with incoming um, incoming new hires in the city a, a pay grade that's higher than the first step, which you know I, I find to be hypocritical considering that uh, the administration didn't want to consider giving long-term employees that are going to a new grade a pay grade other than the first step. But that's all stuff to be deliberated uh, or for the council to take no action on at the next meeting. And um, you know, we need to give my colleagues, including Council Carney, a chance to review what was sent to us. Correct. And I, we haven't, I, I haven't seen that what... yet. I haven't picked it up yet. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, well, and just let's, so your listeners move. understand, the administration submits um, copies of items that they want the council to consider uh, to the council, to either the city clerk or to the council office, as I said, by the end of the day on Thursday. And it used to be that many years ago that those were delivered to the councilors at their homes, but um, that's changed and it goes into the council mailbox and the councilors 
go to City Hall, you know, and pick up their mail and review their items that way. Uh, one one other bit of news uh, that I want to get each of your take on that that came out this week is the the delegation the local uh, the local congressional delegation uh, coming forward and saying that they have an issue with the way that the um, plan was put together for the development of state pier and that they want this process to start over again and be more of a public and more of a transparent. Uh, process. Mayor Mitchell was on with me Wednesday. He had um, some very choice words for Representative Strauss over this. Representative Strauss called in the South Coast tonight with some choice words of his own. Uh, Councilor Abreu chimed in on this uh, yesterday with Barry, and I, I would just like to get each of your take on on this process, what you know of this process, and if you feel like it needs to be started over. So, uh, Councilor Cardi, do you want me to go first? Sure. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, so, um, Tim, this is not the first time the delegation has raised this issue, and the council, uh, Council Jester and myself both sent letters to then-Governor Baker and to Governor-elect Maura Healy, and then the council sent communication as well uh, with our concerns regarding that process. So this is the second time that that's been raised. Um, I believe it's pretty well known that uh, Representative Strauss and uh, Mayor Mitchell oftentimes don't see eye to eye. What I think is very interesting is that the rest of the delegation feels as strongly as Representative Strauss and the City Council. Uh, there are some good people who are part of the uh, proposed plan who have been longtime investors in the city of New Bedford, but I also agree that the process was not transparent. I was not aware that it was going on, and I... Um, you know, I hope, I believe the council will be sending another correspondent to now Governor Healy uh, to confirm that we are still in support of what Senator Montigny and our rep- and our legislative delegation are requesting. And Councilor Carter, yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I I agree uh, totally. Um, it was kind of like all of a sudden there was nothing going on. I mean, years ago, I remember going to. These have those plans at the Wayfair and looking at the new redevelopment of the waterfront, which looked great. It was cafes, the fixed fish auction, and it was all this underutilized space that I'm like, great. Then all of a sudden I'm hearing um, from different people, hey, we're getting the ferry services leaving. This is going on. This is going on. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then, then lo and behold, all this information starts dribbling out that we don't have anything involved in it's like it is a state pair i understand that and it belongs to the state of massachusetts for each one of us as stakeholders if we live in massachusetts and i do totally agree with senator montigny and our delegation that it's not being done correctly the process is flawed when our state delegation who is here in this area has to request a FOIA to get information about a project in the state of Massachusetts, I think that's kind of crazy. You know, well, you know Council Connie, can yes. I just add, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is, a, this is not unusual, Tim. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I have to submit a FOIA red, uh, request to the, administ- to the city to get information about fire department overtime. I mean, this this is the normal process, unfortunately, with this administration. I'm going to tell you what they want to tell you whenever they want to tell it to you, and God forbid you ask a question that they don't want you to ask. So, I mean, uh, this, I'm not surprised that a FOIA needed to be requested by the delegation to get the information. Right, and, right. and, well, and, it, and 
and the, the Crowley, I mean, the, the company, you know, Crowley, I mean, they are looking for a 99-year lease where Senator Montigny's is a 30-year lease. It's the bill that he passed. You know, we're looking to make sure our working waterfront is that a working waterfront. I do not want to see one business that is on that waterfront gone. Now, if we give that person 99 years, I mean, if you look at Crowley, they've got fishing industry. They've got all kinds of stuff all over the world. Uh, they're a huge company and a huge development. They're the ones that are doing the wind energy project in Salem, which is a, 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 a private um, state partnership. Now, I'm seeing it myself. This is this big wind and the mass pushing the big wind. Are we going to get rid of our fishing industry for, for, for wind over there? I, I just am a little, I'm with the state delegation and with Senator Montigny's office. You know, let's get some transparency there so we all know what's going on. They could be talking about good, viable projects on there that we're all in agreement. But we don't know. How can we be in agreement if we don't know? Sure. Uh, one thing that I want to bring up before we run out of time with you both is, you know, we've been talking a lot in recent weeks about the need for these neighborhood associations, these neighborhood meetings that take place, and for the conversation and the ideas that can be generated with them. And, uh, and, and Councillor Carney, I can tell you that each, na- each week your name has come up when we've talked about this because you have a long history of being involved in these, and, and you still are to this day. Right. Yeah, I've been ever since I've been been in office. I've gone to. I try to make a point to go to every neighborhood association meeting. And at one point, I was making them all, but unfortunately, um, we do have city council meetings during the week. I am guaranteed to be at one the first ten days of the month because we don't have it. Um, Kerry Winterson and I both started the Buttonwood Park uh, Neighborhood Association group. Um, we started that. Oh God, whew, years ago. Um, of course, it died down during COVID, but we've always had a good active group here. We changed the name to Ward 5 Neighborhood, so that means anybody in Ward 5 can come, and we open the doors to anybody throughout the city if they want to come to our neighborhood things. My, we meet the first Wednesday of the month at 7 o'clock, like clockwork, unless there's inclement weather or something we didn't meet in January because it just fell after, after you know the holidays and whatever. So, and then we, we bring in department heads so people can actually meet their department heads. They have an issue, they know who to call. I mean, we brought Jen Vieira in because we had some issues with how the industry. Some of the neighborhood groups, you know, trucks idling, they're leaving this. So some of the residents had an issue. So we brought them in. We were able to bring the issues directly to Jen, and hopefully they're going to be straightened up. You know, I'm sure they are and because she's our li- liaison, you know, uh, DFFM is our liaison to Harvey. So, and then... You know, one of the other projects we did years ago was the speeding up and down the side streets. Back on Huntley Street, the neighbors got together, as they could, put a petition together for a one-way street, which alleviated that, that uh, Rockdale Avenue flying down the street, avoiding that light. So, I mean, these issues come up. Uh, the speeding issues come up. We have our neighborhood police every, every time, and whatever the neighbors want to bring to the table or guest speakers, you know, we try to get them in there and try to schedule for the year. But it's very lucrative, and I encourage people, everybody, they really need to get to their neighborhood groups. It's really important. Mine I keep from 7 to 8. I think that's why it keeps coming back, because I don't let it go over the 8 o'clock mark. We just move it to the next meeting. That way I'm not taking too much of everybody's time, because I know everybody's time is valuable. 
and I want them to continue to come. But I, I can't impress enough that these neighborhood groups are very, very important, and we need more participation from the neighborhood. And Tim, uh, Council Carney and I on uh, Tuesday this week went to the Tabor Mills Neighborhood Association, and just to reiterate her point, you know, the seniors there said to us, hey, you know, the walk light uh, that crosses Purchase Street at Dean, it's too short for us, you know, we don't move that fast. So we reached out to Commissioner Pont, and that traffic signal has now, the walk signal has been increased uh, to accommodate the folks in that neighborhood. So good things do come out of these meetings. Yes, yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, we have people... We have people that call into the station or will, you know, call in when the mayor's on and, and bring up all these different issues, and this is a perfect place to be able to go and, and share those same concerns. Yep, and to meet Absolutely. your neighbors. And to meet right. your neighbors. Yeah. True. And But the thing and, is, we, when we're there, we have a, a counselor from Ward 5, Scott Lehm, is there at every time at my side. Um, so we have the ward council there. We've got myself there at large. And we have a representative from the mayor's office, and we also have, well, it's not from the mayor's office. We used to have a representative from the mayor's office along with um, um, our delegation from human services. We have my, our person that comes to our meeting there to take it back, and, of course, they do bring it back to the mayor's office. But at one time, we had actual person that worked in the mayor's office coming to these meetings. And we I've, I haven't seen a dele, somebody from the mayor's office for a long time, but, you know, but we did have them at one time, so there was a direct link to the mayor, the direct link to the city, and so they're, they're taking notes, and they and really they're, they're great. Masi Pina Christian and her team that go to these meetings are phenomenal, phenomenal. They take all the notes. They email, email us with with the notes, and they give us things. Okay, we have this on the agenda, this on the agenda. So did you take care of this so we can check it off? And Pauline's the same way. When I go to the 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 um, what is it, the uh, Cove Street Neighborhood Meeting, she takes down all the notes, and then she'll make the phone calls, and she'll bring it up the next meeting Did we get this thing taken care of. And and we, we seem to do that, you know. And I, like I said, I like to go to all of them, and I sit with my, you know, with my ward counselor, and um, and anything I can do to help that ward counselor, I'm there for them, because that's what we do. Absolutely. Well, we, I've got to take my final break here, so I want to thank you both for, for joining us. And, and, and Council President Morad, you'll be back with us next week with Councillor Markey? I will, yes. And by then, uh, those items that are coming forward for the uh, meeting this week will have had action on the part of the Council, and I'll look forward to talking to you about that. But please do put the residency issue, Tim, on your agenda for the future in case I forget I'm old. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, we'll definitely have a discussion on that for sure. Hey, Tim, where are we and... meeting you for our pancakes? When you, where, <laughs> where are we meeting you to get our drop-off of our goodies? Listen, let me d d text me, and I'll, I'll bring you something. But I don't want to put it out over the air because then everybody's going to show up looking for some. So. <laughs> I'm, th you, I'm thinking specifically of Councillor Abreu. You, I never gave him anything. So, all right. Thank you both. Have a good day. <laughs> thank you. That is... That is uh, Council Council President Linda Morad and Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. Yeah, that I could see that being an issue. I never did uh, in the whole year that he was with us, or almost a full year that he was with us. I never gave Council Councilor Abreu anything when he was Council President. So I don't want to make it look like I'm playing favorites. So I'll say on the air, I can't bring you anything. Wink, wink. But you got my number uh, because everybody wants delicious food from Dukes, and that's where we're broadcasting from. Dukes Bakery in Fall River. Come on down and enjoy a treat with us. We'll take a quick break and be back with more. Hi, it's Susan. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.